0: To you, and before we go into the Word this morning, we are going to pray over the Word and pray over you as well. So if you could please bow your heads at this time. We're going to posture ourselves and humble ourselves and say, Lord, we ask that you would give us a hunger for your Word. We ask, God, that every other hunger, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, God that those things would just die in us because those are the things of the world and we are not of this world anymore. You have saved us and you have freed us from sin and you have freed us from the penalty of sin as well. And today's message, we're still in that series, God, a servant, servant. We need to learn, God, that we have been put on this earth, especially when born again, to serve you. So many times we make it all about us. We come to church for us. We pray only for us. We reap blessings for us. But it's not only about us. It's about you. So God, as this message goes forth today, I pray that you would turn our hearts and minds towards Jesus Christ, the servant that came from heaven, and help us to know that we are a servant's servant We're here to serve the servant that went before us and put his spirit on the inside of us. Now, I pray in Jesus' name, let those that have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. I pray for an anointing to be upon your servant, the preacher. And I pray for your anointing to be upon your sheep, the hearers, that they would receive wisdom and knowledge, God. That they might seek the things of righteousness, peace, and joy in your Holy Spirit. Be with us now, Holy Spirit move upon us through this word. I thank you, Father God, that you are here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We are continuing in a series called A Servant's Servant. If you missed last week, you truly did miss a message from the Lord. His desire is that we have clean lives, clean hearts. And last last week's message was entitled, Sweep the House Clean. So if you haven't heard that message, I pray that you would please go back on the app or our YouTube page and listen to that message. Uh, The whole analogy was this, that sometimes uh, if we have a guest come over to our home, there's some things that we clean right just on the surface areas, you know, mop the kitchen, the cupboards, clean those, change the sheet on the bed, But then there's some things that we don't do every time a guest comes over. We don't move the washing machine and the refrigerator, and we don't clean under all of that stuff. And we know what can be under there, fruit loops from 1982, and just all kinds of stuff can be under that refrigerator and under the stove. And it's a dark place, and it attracts insects. Things are attracted to dirty spaces, okay? And so we have to understand that although we have been born again and our sins have been forgiven that we must realize that at times there can be some spaces and places in our lives that the Lord hasn't really been given access to do a deep cleansing in, right? Mm Some of the the traumas we've been through in the past, some of the heartbreak we've been through, some of the sins that we've committed. Yes, they've been forgiven, but have we truly been delivered even from the desire for them? So last week's message, I pray that you would go in and listen to that because God has a deeper level of deliverance for his people. And the reason we want his house to be clean is because our bodies are his temple We have an expectation that he would come and live in us just as he promised. He said, if you love me and my father, we will come to you and make our house in you. So today's message then moves forward in a servant's servant series, and today's message is called The Seeking Servant. Can you say that with me? The Seeking Servant. So... A loving servant has a heart which seeks primarily to do the will of the one they serve. So that is why, that is why uh, uh, many in America and around the world can say that we are a Christian nation, that we believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that many of us have had an experience with Jesus Christ the Savior, which simply means that he is, we have asked for the, Him to forgive us of our sins. So we've had an encounter with Jesus. The Savior, but what we must understand, church, is this that Jesus is not just Savior but Lord, there's a big difference, right. Jesus' Savior saves the world from their sins. Jesus' Lord is the master of those that he has saved. So my question is this. Is Jesus just your Savior, or is he your Lord as well? Because if he is your Lord, then you serve him. If he is your Lord, then primarily you seek to do his will. Church, can we all be honest in this this moment, and can you say this simple prayer with me? Lord help, me. Lord, help me. Because when it comes to the servant department, I think we can all use some wisdom, some knowledge, some motivation. Because we've been bamboozled. Because we've been taught almost that we only need God when we need God. Right? That God almost serves us. That we go to this God when we need something. So if I'm sick, now I need you to heal me, God. Or if I don't have enough money, now I need you to bless me, God. Or if I'm bound in something, I need you to deliver me, God. As if he is our servant. Now, yes, we can go to him for all of those things, but primarily we are his servants. Say this with me, church. I am am a servant servant of the Lord we've gotta get this, we gotta get this, we gotta get this right, okay? We have to primarily understand that he saved us for service. He saved us so that we would go about doing the good in which He did when He was on earth. So, what must a servant's attitude be? Let's go to John chapter 6, verse 38. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that this message moves us off a place of, of, of just being content with salvation and moving us into servanthood, moving us into a place to say, God, You saved me from my sin. I was lost, I was headed for destruction had it not been for your grace. And since you saved me, I now say, Lord, what must I do to serve you? You purchased my salvation. And since you purchased my my death and gave me your life, what must I do in return for you? Jesus, what can I do for you? So we pray, Father God servanthood will be marked upon us in this word in Jesus name amen. amen so what must a servant's attitude be let's go to John chapter 6 verse 38 if you do not have a bible you can look at the screen the words will be there as well we're in the new living translation John 6:38 says this this is Jesus talking Jesus talking for i have come down from heaven to do church can you say to do All right, so it's not just about being saved, right? It's about that there's also some work to do. Every single one of us has some work to do for the Father. When we were in sin, we were a servant of sin. And we sin, which is the act of breaking God's laws. But now, if you are saved, you are no longer a servant of sin. You're a servant of God. God, give us a servant's heart. God, give us a servant's heart. He says, this is Jesus talking. He had a servant's heart. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God. Listen to this. Listen to this Christ. Listen to this Savior of the world. He's saying, I have come down to heaven to do what? The will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And if we're honest with each other in this place, the majority of our time is usually spent doing our own will anyone willing to be real in this place this morning anyone willing to say you know what I spent a little I spent a little too much time on me sometimes and I'm really going to God for this reason we, we pray to God a lot for things right but how often do we go to this God of ours and say this God what would you like me to do for you today How can I serve you today, God? God, you woke me up this morning. Thank you. And since you woke me up this morning, what is it that I can do to serve you today? Instead, we get into this mode of he's our servant. God, I thank you that you're going to be with me today. You're going to supply like you are going to supply all my needs. You are going to do this and you are going to do that. But when do we just simply submit ourselves and present ourselves and say, God, I am simply here. You saved me. This life is yours. I was headed for destruction. So God, I am here to serve you. If you woke me up this morning, it means that my purpose is still moving forward, and I am here to serve you. That was the attitude of Jesus Christ. I have come down from heaven not to do the will of God who sent me. I'm sorry, to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. Say this with me, church. My will... I will. Get behind me. Get behind. Come on. Cause you, because you know what worries you? Your will. You know what troubles you? Your will. Everything that you're trying to figure out for your own. But if you would just put your will in the background and say, God, I'm here to do your will alone. Let's continue to look at the attitude of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We're in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. If you don't own a Bible, don't leave this church today without one. We have Bibles. So please see one of our awesome service uh, servants here and we will get you a Bible. Philippians 2, 5 through 11 says this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So this revelation, this scripture is offering to get, saying that I have, heaven has something to offer us. Okay, heaven has something to offer us. And what heaven wants to offer us is the mind of Christ. But we don't have to accept it. We can reject it. So that's why it starts off by saying, let, permit, allow, Allow this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who would like that? Who would like to have the exact mind that Jesus had when he was here? Well, it's a gift. We can have it. It says let it let it happen. So we permit it right now in Jesus' name. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who... Being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. So he knew that he was allowed to be equal with God. He knew that he was equal with God. He knew that he could have come here and been all of that and said, "You, I am here for you to serve me, but that was not his attitude. So although he was God and equal with God, listen to the state of mind that he had. Verse 7, but instead he made himself of no reputation church can you say this with me i have have no reputation reputation. so we got to get pride out of the way if you're ever going to be a servant servant you got to move pride right can you say this can you say this pastor Pastor.
1: you're not not.
0: all that that. and i got a message for you too you're not all that either jesus is the only one that is all that right none of us are all that so we need to say you know what i'm gonna humble myself and i'm gonna make god all that he's the only one that's all that he's the one that is worthy of my service okay so that's what jesus said although i'm equal with god i'm not gonna hang on to that reputation it says this taking the form of a bondservant or a slave. He took the form of a slave. This is Jesus. He took the form of a slave and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. So church, that's our mission. That's our goal. We've got to humble ourselves to what? To be obedient. How far? To death. I've got to humble myself to say, you know what? It's not about me anymore. It's not about what I want anymore. I'm willing to obey this God. How far are you willing to go? To death. I'll obey him to my death. And I'll obey him to my death every single day. He says, if you want to be my disciples, you have to pick up your cross and deny yourself. How often? Every day. I've got to obey to death every day because I've got, I've got, uh, 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 we've all got this carnal side of us that says, serve me, serve you, serve yourself again. Life's too short. Have fun. Be serious about God later. Have fun for now. No, I will not serve you. I'm going to serve God and I'm going to humble myself and I'm willing to go all the way to death. Verse nine. Therefore, since he did that, therefore, being found. I'm sorry. Being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Can I hear you confess that right now? That Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All right, so that's our attitude. So if you're, if you're born again, you're not just a churchgoer. You're not just a person that calls yourself a Christian. If you're the real thing, if you are headed to heaven, if Jesus is not just Savior but Lord, then you understand that you're here on earth now to do the will of God who sent you and not to do your own will. So Father, we just thank you that we have that revelation that if you saved us and set us free, no longer do we go about doing what we want to do anymore. Our will is behind us. We're here to do what pleases you. Also, we're here to obey you, to humble ourselves, to obey you to the point of death. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so now what do we do? So now we say, okay, Jesus Christ is not just my Savior, he's my Lord. So what do I go about doing? What is the work? And the work that we see Jesus doing was seeking and saving the lost, all right? So um, the name of this church is New Life Christian Ministries. There's an S on the end. And every single one of you that belong to God are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You might not be preaching up here, and believe me, you do not want to be preaching up here, okay? (laughs) But you still have a ministry to fulfill. Say this with me. I have have a ministry. ministry. All right. So, and that ministry is your, man, this is good. Wow. Can you say this with me? My ministry ministry is my service service unto the Lord. Lord. Come on. My ministry ministry is my service service unto unto the Lord. So the question we must ask ourselves is what does our ministry look like? Ooh. Mmm. What does our ministry look like? How much time, how much resources do we put into this ministry of ours that we have? Do we humble ourselves and do we come and hear and learn the Bible as many opportunities as we have here? Because we're being sent out and we ought to know something. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Let's go to Luke chapter 19, uh, 1 through 10. And it says this, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. How rich was this man? Very Very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus but he was too short to see over the crowd. He was too short. There's a lot of people in this world right now that are too short to see Jesus, not in stature and size, but in faith. They don't have the revelation. They're not tall enough to see over the madness of this world. They need to grow faith so that they might rise up and see who Jesus is. So he climbed a tree. Verse five, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. And verse 6 says, how fast did he come? Quickly, right? So listen, so if Jesus says, come quick, and we're his servant, how fast do we move? I didn't hear many over here. If Jesus is our master and we're his servant, he says, come quick, how fast do we move? Quickly, right? That's what a servant is all about. We do what the master says. I'm afraid that modern Christianity has been so watered down because everybody's just doing what they think is right in their own eyes. And that's exactly what the Bible said the end time would look like. People would go about doing what is right in their own eyes. But let's keep our eyes on the word of God so that we can all be in sync. Because when you watch Christians, it should be no different than the uh, synchronized swimming events at the Olympics. You don't see anybody there freestyling on the team. You know what I mean? You don't have one person doing this and the other person doing this, right? They're all doing the same thing. So that's why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit, right? So that we can be led by the Spirit so that we can all be doing the same thing. Amen? That's the importance of a servant. A servant only does what his master requires of him. Verse 5. When Jesus came by, he said, come quickly. I must be a guest in your home today. Verse 6, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. Forget the people. He was gone to be The guest, he has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, see, this is what an encounter with the true and living Jesus Christ will do for you, right? We're not talking about... I kind of know Jesus. We're talking about I full-fledged know that this is the Son of God, and in his presence, I am convicted of all my sin. In his presence, I feel so undone. In his presence, I feel the heaviness of the sins that I have committed against him. So Jesus did not preach to him. There was no no sermon. There was no message. He just said, come to me. And, And Zacchaeus got excited, and then when he had this encounter with Jesus in his home, Let's listen to what he said. Because at some point, a a preach will come out of you when you have an encounter with Jesus. At some point, a testimony will come out of you when you have an encounter with Jesus. At some point, something that is in you that is not right, if you've had a true encounter with the light, darkness has to flee. And this is exactly what happened in this moment. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord. Where was he? Before the Lord. And said... This is this was not prompted. Do you understand me? This was not prompted except by anything but seeing the majesty and beauty of the one named Jesus. And he said this, I will give. because how rich was he? How rich was he? Very rich. Rich was he? Very. Very rich. Right. And listen to what he said. I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated, and if I, he know he did, and and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Do you see what happens when you have an encounter with Jesus, right? With the real Jesus, not grandma's Jesus, not the church, not the church down the street what they say about Jesus, but the real Jesus. When you have an encounter with him, something will happen. And that's what happened to Zacchaeus. And listen to how Jesus responded. Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. So before this moment, this man was lost. He was lost in his sin. He was a, t- a chief tax collector. He had taken more than he had, should take from the poor, but now that sin had been broken in the sight of God. Isn't it good to know that when you are, when you encounter God and when you have sin inside of you, that you don't go like this, you go like this. What should what I should be ashamed of, what I should try to hide from you, your love penetrates the coldness and darkness of my heart, and I want to get rid of everything in me that's not like you. So he just started spitting it all out. Lord, if I've done this, and if I've done this, and if I've done this, I'll pay back more. And Jesus got excited, right? That's what we see there. Salvation has come to this home today. So what must we do, church? We must seek first. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 34. So Jesus went looking for Zacchaeus. Don't you ever forget that. He went looking for him. He says, I have need of you. I must go into your house. And then what did he do there? How do we see it ending? Salvation has come to this house today. Man, he went seeking and saving the lost. He is the primary servant, the number one servant, and we are a servant servant, so we must continue to carry on his work. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 34, and it says this, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also we got to be careful church because some some of us have our treasure in retirement some of us have our treasure in things of this world but everything in this world is fading away verse 22 the lamp of the body is the eye so your eye is the lamp of the body If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. So if we've got a good eye, a clear eye, then light comes in and our whole body is full of light, okay? But if your eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So that, that is why we prayed that church, and we said, God, I want you to search inside of me to see if there be any darkness. And how would we know if there's darkness in us actively? If you are If you are constantly engaged in repetitive sin, you have darkness inside of you. Let's say it again. If you are constantly engaged in repetitive sin over and over again, then you live in darkness. Now, but the Bible also says that a righteous man can fall down seven times and get up again. The Bible also says that none of us can say that we are without sin, so what is the difference? The difference is, the righteous, the righteous fall and get back up. right? But the wicked fall. Nope, nope, the wicked don't fall. They lay down. You lay down in repetitive sin over and over again. That's the difference. It's one thing to trip, right? And it's a whole other thing to lay down in that sin cycle. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, if anybody in here is trapped in a repetitive sin cycle, we break the power of Satan right now in Jesus' name. We pray for their eyes to be full of light. Those who think they are full of light and are not are full of darkness. And we declare now in Jesus' name that you give them a revelation of who you really are, the Savior of the world, the Lord of all. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Deliverance, come to this house today in Jesus' name. Can everyone put your hand on your heart, please, and repeat after me. Jesus, Jesus, may deliverance deliverance come to this house house today. today. In Jesus' name, name. amen. Amen. Let's keep going. Verse 24, it says this. Listen up. We all got to hear this. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, which is money. Verse 25, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Because you're a servant, right? So as a police officer, when they hired me there, I didn't have to worry about saving up for a gun, saving up for bullets, saving up for a bulletproof vest, saving up for a police cruiser, saving up for stickers for the car, saving up for gas to put in the car, right? I didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. Why? Because they hired me to serve them. And if I'm going to serve them, then they're going to pay for all of those things. So if you're a servant of Jesus Christ, you don't have to worry about your life anymore, how you're going to do this or how you're going to do that because the one who is the master provides for the servant amen so let's read this so why therefore I say to you do not worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you will put on it is not life more than food and the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not of more value than they Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to a stature? How can can you grow taller by thinking about it? Verse 28, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Here's our last part, the verse that I really want to stand out to you. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. They are not the servants of God. Okay. for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But here's what we do, church. Here's the message for the servants. Here we go. But seek first. The kingdom of God. Remember, the title of the message is The Seeking Servant. So, Father, I pray for revelation right now that will show us what we're to be seeking. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. If you were not here on time, you missed the testimony of Brother Evan Lewis, the drummer. And man, I sent you a text this week, right? That said something about how uh, God wants to expand you, uh, not just to be a drummer on the worship team, but a preacher as well that can drum and, and, and that the say, pull up the text, boy. I don't know what I said. Anyway, he had a powerful testimony this morning about how his bank account was dry and even in the red, bring it up here, but, but, but God provided for him. And did you notice that he was walking like his daddy a little bit, walking around the stage? All right. Go ahead and read that text message. It says, you're a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ who also happens to have a gift to play the drums. The time has come to move people to the beat of his truth towards eternal life. All right. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, brother. So as he ministered the gospel, how many were moved by his testimony? That's exactly what happened, right? He's saying God is a provider, and it moved us in faith to say, wow, like, if you can do that for him, then you could do that for me as well. So that's what we're supposed to be seeking. Let's keep moving, all right? So. One of our primary objectives as servants of the Most High God is to do what he, to 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 walk in the finished work in which he did. And we know that he came to destroy the work of Satan. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3, verses 7 through 10. And it says this: Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. So we see here, uh, A Servant's Servant is the series title, and the message title is called A Seeking Servant. So we see here that Jesus came to this earth to destroy the works of Satan. So that's what he was looking for. Where has the enemy been wreaking havoc in the lives of people? And I'm here to destroy that. Amen? How many of you have ever been to a restaurant that has a waiter or a waitress? Let me see your hands go up, right? I know of a a waitress uh, here right now, right? And a good waitress or waiter, right, they, they bring to you what is good and they take away from you what is bad, right? A good servant, a good waiter or waitress, they bring, I don't want to talk about food because I'll lose you, And, and it, so I'm not going to bring food. I'm not going to bring food into this because I want to talk about it, right? So a good waiter will bring something good to the table, and once they're there, they can see an empty cup a dirty fork, a dirty napkin, right? And what do they do? They take it away, right? So I, find, I bring what is good, a good waiter or waitress brings what is good and takes away what is bad. How upset would we be? After church, when you go do that thing I'm not going to talk about, right? And they bring to you a plate that's been used Barbecue sauce all over it, three peas, a piece of corn, and they sit it before you, and you're like, What is this? You know what I mean? What? No, this is not what I'm used to. I'm used to the service that I'm used to is that you bring me what is good and you take away what is bad. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 3. We're rounding second base, and we'll bring this home shortly. Remember this a good waiter, or in this case, we're servants. A good servant brings what is good and takes away what is bad. Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3, this is the prophecy of Isaiah speaking about the future, this Jesus Christ who we love and celebrate today. Listen to what he said, okay? Remember, a good servant brings what is good and takes away what is bad. It says this, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his glory. So let's look at the beginning of that. It says this, for the Lord has anointed me to bring. So Jesus Christ was anointed by the Lord God Jehovah to bring, to seek, and to save. And in Isaiah 61 In that passage, what we see happening there is that he would go about looking for the hopeless, looking for those who were poor and hopeless, and he would give them good news. How many of you could use some good news today, right? You're going through some things, right? Well, God has good news for you. So that's why you have to humble yourself to him. So Jesus would go about looking for those who had broken hearts and he would give them comfort. Now, listen to me, church. I'm talking about a servant. This is what the servant did. And we are the servant's servant. So whatever the servant did, we are called to the same ministry. He went looking for the poor, and he gave them good news. He went looking for the brokenhearted, and he took away the broken heart and gave them comfort. He he went looking for those who were in chains of captivity and those who were behind bars and in prison, and he took that away and instead he gave them freedom. He went looking for those who were mourning. He took away their mourning and he gave them favor. Those who had no beauty, he took away their ashes after finding them and gave them beauty. He found more people that were mourning and took away that mourning and gave them a joyous blessing. And finally, he found those that were in despair and he took it away and he gave them, he gave them Joy uh, for that. He gave them praise for that. So the servant came to destroy the works of. This is good. This is the good part. This is where you can wake up. All right. The servant came to destroy the works of Satan and he also went about seeking and saving those who were lost. Jesus did not spend all of his time at the temple, he went out seeking and saving those who were poor those who were in chains those who were mourning those who felt like their lives had burned down those who were in despair and he gave them something better so listen to me every single one of you are that that know Jesus Christ you're a minister of the gospel and you have something to give now we can go out there to we don't even have to go far we can go to the next house that way and I can guarantee you we can find people in one of those conditions that I just talked about and on the inside of you, there's a change agent named the Holy Spirit that has the power to pull them out of their despair, to pull them out of their mourning, but before we can save them, we've got to seek for them. And our problem is, the majority of the time, all we do is come, man, God, do I have to say that? All we do is come to church to be ministered to And then we leave and go about our own lives. And where is the service in that? Like how that sounds like what saved people do, right? Like I'm going to go to church because I'm saved. That's just what saved people do is we go to church because Jesus is my savior. But may we introduce to ourselves this morning that Jesus Christ is Lord as well. And he's a good Lord, right? Not only does he take away sin, right? Not only does he take away sin, but he takes away all those other things that Isaiah 61 talks about. So, New Life Christian Ministries. If you're a visitor, this message is for you too. But especially right now, those that belong to this church. And pretty soon we're going to shore that up. Pretty soon, I talked. I preached about partnership months ago, and we're fine-tuning that. And pretty soon, you'll be able to say, all right, I come into agreement with the partnership of this church. I'm a partner in this ministry. And a partner does not just sit. A partner partners in the work, and we continue to do the ministry in which Jesus Christ has given us. So... He is the God of go. Our God is the God of go and he has sent us. All right, now let me tell you about your ministry. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 11 through 21. 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verses 11 through 21. And some of you might say, well, I'm not a pastor, or I'm not an elder, or I don't have a church, so I don't understand what you mean by I have a ministry, okay? Your ministry is just the assignment in which God has given you, and this is the assignment. We're in 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21. It says this, because we understand, so Father God, before we can read this, we must understand So I pray for revelation for every hungry servant in this house today that they would awaken to this truth and that they would receive this revelation, that they would be empowered for it and know that this is the strategy that leads to triumph for your servants in Jesus' name. Amen. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord. Church, can you say this with me? Maybe you've never seen it like this. This is the first time I've seen it like this. But can you say this? I have I have a fearful, a fearful, fearful responsibility, responsibility to the Lord. Lord. Doesn't say Savior there. Nope. It says Lord, right? I have a responsibility to the Lord. I think we need to say it again. I have, I have a fearful, fearful responsibility, to, responsibility to, the to the Lord. Not to New Life. Not to Pastor Damien. You have a fearful responsibility to the Lord. Let's keep going. We, and this is what we do, all right? Church, can you say this with me? We work hard, we work hard to, persuade others. to persuade others. God knows, God knows. we are, we are sincere. sincere. Let's pause right there. So you're not just saved, okay? It doesn't stop at salvation. Jesus' Savior is in this lane. Jesus' Lord is in this lane. We spend too much time over here. He saved us 58 years ago. We're still standing right here. Let's move over here to say, okay, you're not just my Savior, you're my Lord too. And I've got a fearful responsibility to you. And what we must do, church, is work hard. So he's not he doesn't call lazy servants. If he calls you, then you've got a spirit of excellence in, on the inside of you. We work hard to persuade others to So that's our work, our work is other people. That's what ministry is, taking this good news to other people. God knows we aren't sincere and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No. We are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. Father, I thank you that none of us have a spectacular ministry, but all of us have a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Ooh, do you hear that? So we're servants Servant, And the thing that we are controlled by is Christ's love. That's awesome. That's something you should declare over yourself, that I am controlled by Christ's love. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Now, let's skip down to verse 19. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Say this with me, church. I, as His servant, as his servant I, have I have a wonderful, wonderful message, message of, reconciliation. of reconciliation. So listen, that's your ministry. Every single one of you have a ministry. And that ministry is called the Wonderful Message of Reconciliation. So let's learn about it. Verse 20 says this So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. So, What we are, see, I'm talking into a microphone right now, but it's really the speakers that are doing the work. You're hearing my voice out of the speakers. So when you become a servant of God, he puts his spirit inside of you so that you can become his speaker. Man, that's good. I never thought about that. I'm a speaker and I'm a speaker too, right? You are speakers and you're speakers too, right? You amplify the message of God. So it's not your message on the inside of you. It's God speaking through you ministers of the gospel ministers of reconciliation he says this god is making his appeal through us we speak for christ when we plead here's our four word sermon can you say this with me come back to god okay i'm going to talk about you right now and i hope it doesn't hurt your feelings but i'm going to talk about you right now so if that's the way that you say come back to god right if that's the strength of your ministry, if that's the passion of your ministry, would, would, if we were responsible, if we were to trade places with the disciples and we go back there and they come up here and we have that kind of passion for come back to God, would the ministry, would the gospel spread very far? No. So let's switch places again. You are modern day disciples, right? And the message that God has put in you, you got to think about this. How bad does God want to save the world? How bad does God want to save those people who are out there that don't know him? They're walking away from him and destruction is coming and the Lord is soon to come. So how do I get their attention in such a way that they leave hell and destruction and come back to God? So I'm going to let you preach again. You're the preachers. And when I count to three, you're going to say, come back to God in a way that is convincing, in a way that is full of passion, in a way that you give because it's God in you saying it. So I want you to tap into the spirit of God and let him have your, you're a servant of his voice. Let it come out of you. One, come back to God is what you're saying. One, two, three. Come back to God. Now listen to me. What if the whole church worldwide was doing that right now? Do you think the enemy could be destroying as many souls as he is? If we all had that message of reconciliation burning in our souls, but it's so sad that we go to work with sinners every day and we do this. We don't say anything about coming back to God. Why? Because the spirit of fear, because we're embarrassed, because we forget. We forget the part in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, it says, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. So Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, fear be gone. The ministry of fear is not our ministry. You haven't given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-discipline. So, Father, may your message come from us and out of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Is that keyboard on, Jim? It's not on. Can you turn it on for me? Is it hard to do? It's very hard to do. All right, can you come play your guitars, please? All right. So... Um, We're in Matthew chapter five, I'm sorry, hold on, I got excited. Okay, so come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Jesus. So when you say come back to God to people, what you're saying is that there's a way to come back to God. And Jesus Christ is the way to come back to God. By a show of hands, how many of you know someone who is living in sin right now? Every single one of us. Don't raise your hand on this part. And how many of us are sharing that message? I know some of you could, so this is not the point. But how many of us are really sharing that message of reconciliation? Man, like, it's almost like this. So I don't have on uh, my police uniform right now, right? But if I were to go to the store after church, I go to Meyer, and I get out of the car and I see, I see a man beating up an elderly woman and robbing her, right? And I simply do this. public opinion would slay me they would say how could you i mean you're a police officer how could you not step in how could you not stop that from happening and if i were to say i I wasn't on duty man we see how the public is the the cancel culture they would tear me up father i pray that conviction would be over what i say next and not condemnation only conviction on these words in Jesus' name. So if we got people that we love who are on their way to an eternity without God and we say nothing, it's no different than me being a police officer, seeing an elderly woman being beat up and robbed and doing nothing. There's this book out there, and I don't know the name of the book right now, but um, he had a dream he had a dream that one of his friends was able to write him a letter from hell. And in the letter, he wrote, he said, you know what? Man, we hung out together all the time. And we, we, we watched baseball games together. We just did all this kind of stuff together. He said, why didn't you ever tell me about Jesus? Why didn't you tell me? Church, we gotta get out of the savior lane and get into the lane that he's Lord too. Because if he's Lord, we'll go about doing his work and doing his business. I'm gonna summarize the rest of the message, but I want you to go in and look at the notes on the app. What you have to know this is this, that they will know God by the way that we love them. They may never step foot in this church, but the way that you love them is the way that they will come to know God. And in the end, he's going to say to them, he's going to say, you know what? Let me get there. This will be my final, my final thing I read to you today. It says this, Matthew 25, 31 through 46 says this, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Then these righteous ones, these servants will reply, Lord, when do we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When do we ever see you sick in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. You did it to want f- when you did it for the one of the least of these my brothers and sisters you were doing it for me. So church, here's the work we have to do. So we're a servant's servant. We don't go about doing our own will and we have to seek and save those who are lost. Let me tell you what they look like and what we have for them. So there's some people out there who are hungry and thirsty, but it's not for just food, right? Matthew 5 and 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness so they, for they shall be filled. There's people out there that want to be saved, but they don't know how. They're hungry and they're thirsty, so it's God's servants that take the good news to them so that they might be filled. We also give them the bread of heaven so that they might have eternal life. There's also some strangers out there, and those strangers are the ones who are in the the, the backside of society, the people that society pushes away, right? We gotta go find them. And we've got, to, we've got to say, come into God's house. He loves you. He wants you to be saved. Listen to me, church, this is the work of a servant. If you're a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you're a servant servant, this is what we go about doing. And the beauty of it is that when we get there to do it, that's where we find Jesus because it says, Lord, when did I see you naked? When did I see you poor? And he says, when you did it for the least of these. Now the last thing we would ever wanna hear from Jesus is say, depart from me, I never knew you. So how does he come to know us then? When you go and you seek and save the lost, you'll find Jesus there. And he'll be able to say, I was a prisoner of sin and yet you brought God's righteousness to me through that message of come back to God. I was, I, was, I was lost, and I was hungry, and I didn't know how I was going to have hope for the future, but you brought the bread of life to me, and that's where I found Jesus there. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Jesus you have a decision to make today as you leave this place are you going to allow Jesus to be both your Savior and your Lord because you can't serve two masters you can't serve sin and God at the same time his servants are not lazy his servants know their mission. Their mission is to seek and save the lost. His servants seek first the kingdom of God before all else. So we shouldn't be able to work 65 hours a week, 42 hours a week, and God doesn't get but 4.2 minutes. That's seeking things that, 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 that cannot save us in the end. So if we work all this overtime and give no time to God, for if, we, if we serve our employer better than we serve God, my question for you is this. When you die, what is it that your employer can give you to raise you back to life? Nothing. There is nothing that you can work for in these carnal arenas and they can say, oh, Damien died? Well, it says here that he worked, he has, 420 hours of vacation on his books. Let me take that down to the funeral home and see if this will raise him from the dead. No, it didn't. Well, Damien was an honorable uh uh worker here. We could always count on him. He would sign up for Sunday mornings, he would sign up for Wednesday nights. There was never a time that he told us no, it didn't matter. He put us first. Could my employer walk to my casket? Could my employer walk to my grave? With all of this information, with all I've done for them, is there anything that they can offer in exchange of my soul? No. For the word of God says this, what does it profit a man to gain the entire world and still lose his soul? Come on church, we're talking about souls right now. Forget forget the, the, the cars and the houses, Man, if if you do enough funerals, and if you deal with enough families that have lost loved ones, what you have to understand is, all that you work so hard for, eventually family fights over. That's all it turns into is a big fight. Who gets this, who gets, I want mom's china. No, I want mom's china. Mom worked all those hours for the china, and the china can't save her now, right? So listen, it's about your souls. It's about eternity. There are souls out there, church. Come on, we're getting ready to work. Come on, I need need the whole church to do something. Turn around and face that way. Face the opposite direction that you're facing right now. Everybody face the opposite direction that you're facing right now. Now listen to me. This is the way we, we worship facing the other way, but we work facing that way. The work is out there. We go out there and we seek and save the lost. We go out there and we look for the brokenhearted. We go out there and we look for the poor. We go out there and we look for the destitute. We go out there and we look for those that Jesus doesn't know yet. Because they want to know him, but they just don't know the message. And the message is come back to God. Church, while you're facing that way, out of your belly, just as good as you did it last time. Church, can we say, come back to God? Come back to God. One more time. Come back to God. Now turn this way, please. Now I'm a servant servant, right? And you did that in obedience to me, and I so appreciate it, but there's one that stands way higher than I stand, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so while we're facing this way at the savior, we just say, Lord, I just worship you and I thank you for saving me. And he says this, he says, okay, I love you. That's why I saved you. But then he's gonna say, all right, I'm Lord too though. So turn around and go serve. Turn around and go find those who don't know me yet. You have an anointing upon your life. You've got good news. And at the time where it's time to speak, don't worry about what you're going to say because I've got the microphone and you're just my speaker. And what I speak in you, that's what you'll say in that moment. So we, we, we just break that fear right now in Jesus' name for those of you that say, I just don't know what to say. I don't know. You're not supposed to know what to say. You're not the microphone. You're the speaker you just allow the Lord to give you a message for that person and maybe next week we talk about the gifts because that's what the gifts are a word of wisdom a word of prophecy healing all that stuff happens so that God might be magnified and that they would know that it was him who sent you Father I thank you for this word I pray in Jesus name that the parts that I gave were good enough to feed your sheep today God and I pray that as they leave here, that they would never look at people the same again. They need to see people like, Jesus, are you in there? Like, Jesus, are you hungry? Are you the one in there? Jesus, are you thirsty? Are you the one in there? The poor man hiding a sign, or the homeless people sitting on the side of the road? Jesus, is that you? Are you trying, do you need something, Jesus? May we not see people as people but may we see them as opportunities to serve our God. I'll say it again. May we not just see people as people, but may we see them as opportunities to serve our God. Why? Because we are a servant's servant. Say this with me, church. I am am a servant's servant. 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 In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Father, I've given them your word. I pray blessings upon them today in Jesus name. Uh, Any of the elders of the church and intercessors you can come now uh, down to the altar. If anyone is in need of prayer you may come. If anyone is in need of salvation you may come and we will lead you in those prayers. We will pray for you. If any of you are sick you can come. We've got our oil here to lay hands upon you and uh, pray the prayer of faith upon you. And the word says that you will be healed, not might be, you will be healed. So, Father, as I dismiss your servants, God, I pray that we would be about our father's business, that it's not our will, but thine will that must be done. Jesus, please. Don't let this just be a message that went in one ear and out the other. Let this be a message that settles upon your servants' hearts, that they can say, I am here to seek and save the lost. The works of Satan have been destroyed, and I've got good news. And the news I have is come back to God. So Lord, we bless you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed at this time. God bless you. If any of you are in need of prayer, you may come. Oh, I'm sorry, we didn't even do offering.